Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Blog Talk Radio. Kaylin Patterson, P4P Real Talk, Midwest Muscle in the house. And this program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free foundation in the world. And if you are a drug-free athlete and looking for a solid foundation to stand on and a vehicle to drive your goals like a Mack truck through ice cream, check us out at P4PMuscle.com. And now let's chit-chat with the banter. I am Kaylin Patterson, of course, off the grid right now. She's with her husband doing some taxidermy videos and setups. And so it, she's actually run over time, and she let me know that she'll call in when she has the time. But we still have a show, and we still have a guest, and we still have a great show to present to you. I have on the on, on my guest list today, Ray, who's a promoter for the OCB, but he's done something phenomenal in this area in the Midwest. Uh, he's basically stood toe-to-toe with uh, some of the NPC shows, and held his own to the point where some of them are even dropping out. And that's uh, really incredible when you consider the region and how much of a foothold they thought they had established here. And then to find out only that he was willing to stick with it, promote the natural bodybuilding industry, and do his best to do so, and has done a phenomenal way of presenting it and has made a format that has made his his fall show one of the the end-all, be-alls for the year. And actually, in our region, it has become the show that ends the year for a lot of the natural bodybuilding community. I'm talking about Ray Minkowski. Ray, please introduce yourself and give us a little history of your background of who you are, and let's get this show started. What's going on, Kalen? Thanks for allowing me to be part of the program, kind of spread the word, share a little bit about what we're doing out in DeKalb for both the OCB Midwest States. That is always the Saturday before Thanksgiving, has been since 2005. And then the OCB Spring Naturals, which we promote in April every year. It's not a fixed date. This year it is Saturday, April 13th. Uh, Both contests are OCB Pro Qualifiers. Both contests are 100% polygraph drug tested. Overall winners submit immediately to urine testing for open and masters as the winners of those categories progress on to OCB pro status. So we got started. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, what I was going to ask is, you know, you've got a a hard to go, and I know – there's one story I just it always just got me like when you had a phenomenal turnout great numbers and everything was going like it should but you had dealt with one of the competitors that didn't know that they had taken an illegal substance and it really hit you close to home because you know you you you, you just took it that close to heart and that seemed to get you down and I was like wow you know this 
this really means more than just uh, getting people in the seats and getting people on stage. You really enjoy what you do, and and you take the whole aspect of promoting to heart. So, you know, how how do you keep coming back year year after year when you know stories like that are going to happen from time to time? And still, you know, keep that uh, positive outlook and that that, that great atmosphere that you've uh, been known to have. It can be a challenge if you focus on the one individual or the one aspect of a particular event of that particular year. But really, you have to look at the, the bigger context, the bigger picture. And, for example, in the case of the OCB Midwest States, in contests where we've had over 100, 120 entries, 130 people on stage, it could be really easy to look at the one individual that maybe took a substance that's currently on the banned substance list. Um, They weren't trying to do anything wrong. They weren't trying to cheat the system. They came in, showed up, did their check-in, did their polygraph test, were totally honest and, and shared, you know, the fact that they had taken a substance that was banned It could be easy for me to focus as a promoter on that one individual and the fact that I have to tell them they have to go home. They're not eligible to compete the next day or in two days. And that, um, depending on what the substance is, they may not be eligible to compete as a drug-free competitor in the OCB for the next seven years. Uh, it, It could be easy to focus on that negative aspect, or you could step back you can look at the job your staff's doing. You can look at the job the polygraph examiner's doing. And you can look at 100 and some competitors that did follow the rules and have successfully passed polygraph examination and are eligible to compete in a day or in two days, whatever it may be. Um, so, so really you have to keep it into perspective. It's not, you know, that's like our shows start on time. That's something that was important to me when I started promoting. And it was important to me because as a competitor, I hated going to contests that started late. I hated to go to contests and watch the promoter unboxing trophies for the first time. Um, so we start on time. And, and sometimes, you know, individuals are like, wait, what, what do you mean we're starting? And they're like, well, listen, we're not holding up the entire event for you. You know, it's about everybody else, too. Yeah. So I think it's a matter of keeping things into perspective. And, yeah, I don't. I don't ever want to have to tell somebody, especially when they're not cheating or trying to cheat, that they have to go home. You know, I I get it as a a competitor. I understand what it took the individual to get there. And and the last thing I want to do is have to sit down and explain to somebody that, unfortunately, they inadvertently may have taken something that is on the banned substance list. Um, And, and, you know, there's also the unfortunate case where somebody – was trying to slip by the system and trying to sneak yeah. by, and we've had those issues too. Yeah, and and they come up, but I, I've always been very happy that you took that part very seriously. And you know, you you've been driven almost. It, it's a passion of of course, but you're very driven on making sure that every athlete that's on stage is justifiably there. And I can respect and appreciate that. Because, like, you know, most people see a promoter. I see a great guy who just happens to promote because you've made this a part of your life. And it's not easy promoting, especially two shows in one year. 
especially starting at the beginning and at the end of it, but you found a way to basically establish that. And uh, I can remember, you know, I know a lot of the athletes that are coming in right now don't really have an appreciation of the history that you've had to do to compete with the NPC shows. But I, I can remember when they would schedule their shows exactly on the same day and weekend that you were doing just to kind of knock you out of the box and, and try to stop you from doing it. And that never became an issue for you. You never made that something that you worried about, but you always had that in the back of your mind that, you know, this is something you had to contend against. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it, it could be easy to focus on situations like that. And, and no matter what, what we do day in and day out, whether it's our career or job, our family, a sport, college, trying to get a job, there's always going to be competition. Uh, we've always tried to focus on how do we provide a better experience for the competitors and the spectators, you know, because a lot of our friends and families, they don't compete, uh, but they're happy to come support us. So I believe that's part of the promoter's responsibility is to make sure that they're not miserable sitting in a dark auditorium for 14 hours, hours away from where they live. So we've always mm-hmm. tried to put the competitor experience and then, and then their friends and family, you know, the spectators first and focus on delivering an experience that I would find enjoyable. You know, when, when I was actively competing in the early 2000s and late 90s, you know, my parents were out in the auditorium and I, I try and look at it. What would I want to experience if I was the competitor getting on the stage for one of my events? Mm-hmm. And what, what would my parents walk out of the theater thinking, okay, that's not our thing. We're happy to support our son, but it wasn't a bad day. And, it's, you know, if, if you're focused on that, it makes it a lot harder to focus on and be concerned with what other promoters or organizations may or may not be doing. You know, it's, you know the proof is in the pudding. And as long as we deliver a quality product and, and do our best to provide a, a good experience for the competitor and spectator, then we're we're going to be okay from from a contest standpoint. Yep, very true, very true. And and one of the things that uh, I've noticed is that you've been able to do like um, a lot of the promoters from back in the day have been able to do it. You've been able to grow with the times, and uh, I, I love that digital screen you have now, and and basically the introduction and everything you've done to make it more presentable, make it more enjoyable. But there was one thing, and I, I I was just kind of blown away, is that with your consistency and with your perseverance, I can remember, and I don't know if it was 2014 or 2015, where a lady had been working with the Egyptian theater, and because of every year seeing the people transform, the people grow, and the people get uh, more stage lean and, and, and be around that atmosphere, that she had actually taken up you know, getting into health and fitness, stopped smoking, and also had lost about 40 pounds in a year's time just to be more aware of standing with that kind of community and being able to stand with them in the pictures, in the background, and it just made that much of an effect on her. I mean, that just, I never thought about that aspect until she shared that story with me. And this was not something that you had had, you know, brought her over and said, you know, tell Kaylin this story. This is just a lady taking tickets and just decided, you know, you're, you're out here. Can I, can I tell you this? 
And that just kind of floored me because I just, I'm so used to being around health and fitness that you, you, you don't think about the people that are still a little shy, a little nervous, but they really have an interest in doing it. They just don't know the right motivation or the right push to get that done. And just year after year, you bringing that format there and, and letting people share that you don't need drugs, that you don't need uh, any uh, pharmaceutical anything to basically step on stage. And it is finally, it took all those years, but thank God you had been doing it for all those years and her life had been changed. Well, and, and let's take a, take apart what you just talked about. One, the technology thing. I don't understand how we have people that have been in the, in the sport, in the business for, in some cases, you know, one, two, three decades that they can't deliver a better product. Um, we, yes. for those that have never seen our contest, we use, and now it's full on high definition projection. We use the entire movie screen at the Egyptian theater. So when individuals are on stage, they're being broadcast on screen. And then we're also yes. able to include where that individual's from, you know, their first name, what community they're from, what they're competing in. We broadcast that in a pop-up area, and then individuals are able to purchase a copy of if they elect to do a stage routine or T-walk. We've made that optional. And, again, why? Mm-hmm. Because some competitors just don't want to do it. So it's not scored. Let's not make them do it. Um, but nobody is doing that unless, unless you get to some of the top contests on the drug side of the sport. Well, I'm just some guy in the northern Illinois area, and I'm able to leverage technology and make that happen and provide a better experience. And I don't understand why a lot of the other uh, events aren't like that. And, you know, ours has been for a couple of years. We, we brought, you know, smoke, or they call it fog. We've had uh, streamer and confetti cannons. We, we've done all kinds of stuff. And, again, to make it a better experience. In regards to the individual that lost weight, a year ago we started doing a transformation category. And, Kaylin, I know you're going to be at our April contest, and you're going to get to see this. And I've got um, OCB Midwest States, so hashtag at OCB Midwest States on Instagram. And then I've got my personal Instagram, which is Eat By Colors, also the title of the first book that I wrote. And then mm-hmm. we started working on something over a year ago called the Project Strong. And the reason for the Project Strong and what I'm trying to do with that is reach out into the community. Because when you go to these contests, everybody in the audience came there to watch somebody that's on stage or they wouldn't be there. They yeah. wouldn't drive, say, you know what, let's drive to DeKalb and go to the Egyptian theater today, um, see what's going on. And the majority of those people, 60, 70% of the people in the audience, could stand to improve their health, wellness, and well-being. Well, they know somebody that, though they may not be a coach, they may not be a trainer, they've got the background, they've got the knowledge, they've got the experience that they could share and help those individuals out in the audience start changing their their own life. And we, we call it transformation. It's for people that have never competed before. It gives them a chance, almost a bucket list, gives them a reason to get on stage, uh, gives them a reason to lose pounds and inches, gives them a reason to stay motivated, gives them a reason to stay consistent. Well, we had a young lady get on stage last year in transformation, and this year in April she's stepping on stage as a figure competitor. 
Now, it's not about everybody should compete. What it's about is that drug-free individual can take charge of their life and make a dramatic change. Going back to the Project Strong, the reason for that is not just the bathing suit before and after. When people make that type of change, everything gets better. Sure, we can say health and wellness, but let's go beyond that. Let's talk self-esteem. Let's talk self-confidence. One of the young ladies we featured on the Project Strong a week or two back got promoted not once, not twice, three times in a 12-month period, all related to her taking charge of her life, losing the pounds and inches, and being happier to be her. So, I, you know, I, I hadn't heard this story of the person at the theater that lost weight. It doesn't surprise me. Um, but, again, I, I think we have an opportunity to help reach more people in the contest arena that maybe they never get on stage and do bodybuilding or physique or figure, but maybe they lose the pounds and inches. Maybe they, they fix, improve their self-esteem, and maybe – they really change their life. And the reality of it is we don't know all of the people will impact by doing those things. Well, that's a lot of good points. And I definitely got to bring up this one because this one's from Dana. And she's saying, you know, if Ray had ever competed in the NPC or was your love for natural bodybuilding on the natural bodybuilding side, and that's what made you want to uh, basically promote it even better than what you had been dealing with? I, I, I competed in a number of other organizations. I judged for a number of other organizations. Um, I chose to promote through the OCB because back in 2005, there were some people out east that I had a lot of respect for, and they were either active in the OCB competing or they were promoting and I talked to them and I talked to people at other organizations and, and this was the direction was more in line with the direction I wanted to go from a promotional standpoint. Um, so mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of the reason I went OCB and the, the drug free thing is, you know, I, I, it's, it's really none of my business, what other people do, but when it comes to our events and contests, you know, if we're going to have rules and regulations, we need to draw a line in the sand and we need to give everybody an opportunity to know where that line is. And in doing yeah. so we create the most level playing field that we can, you know, the reality of it is life's not fair. It, it just isn't. Um, there's going to be winners and losers. It's a contest. Yeah. It's not AYSO soccer. Everybody's not getting a trophy, but all that aside, I wanted to be able to create as level of a playing field as I could. So that's why the OCD. Yes. And and it's worked out well for you. And like I said, in this region, I mean, you've got quite a foothold on, on the Midwest States. It, it's such a big show and it's so well known that, you know, it, it just blows me away that people are, are planning this years out. If they have to do a show, it's going to be during that time, or, or you know, I I, I want to get that last blast before Thanksgiving, and I was thinking, wow, you know, this, just that concept was was amazing to me because yeah, people do uh, want to eat and they want to eat well, but what a great idea to basically have that last uh, motivational push 
to uh, be healthy and, and fit and look their best because I think that's one of the, the bigger things that people miss on the, in, in the natural competitions is that they did this. This is something that, you know, they worked really hard to do, and this is something they can do the next year, uh, take some time off, and two years come back and, and present an even better uh, a body on stage. You know, like you were talking about with the transformations, you know, with, with as long as we're basically drug-free, our bodies can respond in a natural state and grow and grow and grow. And there was something you asked me uh, some years back. I think one of the it was either the first or second year that I had been to your your uh, Midwest states, and you said, well, "Show me uh, an NPC athlete, you know, that's with, with, got you know forty years in." And that was something, you know, these are things that most people don't think of with the understanding that this this is our bodies. And we either pay for it with hard work or we pay for it from the abuse of drugs in our system. But at the end of the day, you still have something that has to be there later on in life if you, you know, are living like 40 and 50 years after you want to do your first show. So, you know, that was very profound for me, and I, I, I'm glad that we were able to share that on the air. But, you know, what, what made you come to that reality and understand that, you know, this is just a better option if we want to be dealing with family, friends, and, and loved ones later on in life? Well, I, I, I mean, I, I think it's as easy, and it's applicable to other sports, other competitive arenas, um, for those that don't know my background in history, I owned a uh, 15,000-square-foot health cl- club hybrid training gym for 12 years. I sold it two months ago. I've owned a training business since the, around 2000, um, and I've worked with uh, just traditional athletes over 1,000 at a training center. And the reality of it is, for the majority of us, there's no multimillion-dollar contract. And, you know, at some point, we're all going to be riding around in these bodies, hopefully when we're 65, 75, 85, 95 years old. And there's going to be a price to pay. And Mm -hmm. it's not just whether or not somebody did or didn't take drugs or they did or didn't abuse drugs. That's just one more piece to it. You know, if, if you go into the gym, and by the way, I've done this. If you go into the gym and you squat heavy every Friday for 9, 10, 11, 12 months, you're probably going to pay a price for being so one-dimensional with your training. And, you know, that all ties into a lot of these decisions. And then the other thing is, you know, the biggest thing is if you're, if you're going to compete and you're not, you're, you know, you're not taking drugs. If an individual is equal to you in every way, but they're doing one more thing than you're not, you're probably not going to have a fair and reasonable chance to do well. You're just not. You may do well enough to be second, but that individual will probably do better than you will. And the other thing is, in all likelihood, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years from now, that individual may be done. So, done with competing. Um, But really, you know, again, the, the biggest thing is just having a set of rules, having a set of guidelines. Life's not fair. Life's not perfect, but having that line in the sand so we can make it 
as level of a playing field for all the athletes that are competing as possible. Yes. And, you know, Dad and I have said this uh, many times, and, and like, uh, we, we love the fact that most of our listeners aren't competitors, but they are intrigued by the natural bodybuilding uh, side of the field. And one of the things that we've just come to understand is that bodybuilding isn't for everybody. There's a lot of people that just love being in attendance but never want to do the diets and never had an interest to step on stage. But, you know, I've always pushed it because I said until you've done it, you don't really know if you want to do it or not. And I'm not I'm not speaking against anyone, and I know, like, like, look, listeners, I know we've had this conversation before. I'm still not stepping on anyone's toes. I'm just saying you don't know until you know. But people tell me the same thing about skydiving, and I have no interest. But I'll watch somebody jump out of a plane anytime just to support them. So I get it. I really do. But with that being said, it's not for everybody. I've seen people destroy their minds and their bodies with the intent of getting first place. And I said, you know, when I was in in other sports, and I've done just about all of them, there was the idea and understanding that you can lose. I mean, you, you're, you're not going to win every time, as much as everyone would love to. It would have to be a very fixed uh, arena and understanding if you are always winning. And that's just the nature of the beast. We all have off days. We all have off moments in our lives. And there's sometimes where just nothing goes right, but you still find yourself out there. It happens. And like Ray said, life's not fair. I mean, you I've seen people that have gotten the shows and the very day they were going to compete, a family member passed away. I said, I don't know anyone who would be mentally prepared to still go out and present their best. But they go out and present. But, you know, stuff happens. And uh, it's just something that we all have to deal with. And the person that says that they have to win or they're not having fun, well, they were never happy to begin with. So and now they, let's and, talk and, and, Go ahead, Ray. Go ahead. No, you good. No. You were going to add something. I want to hear it. So, and, and that's probably the biggest struggle on the drug-free side of the sport is individuals expect results now. And, yes. you know, I, I've met with many competitors in my office over the years. And, you know, I had a couple occasions where individuals saw contest pictures and one of them came right out and said, like, well, wait a minute, I don't understand what's with that picture. I go, what do you mean? And they're like, well, you, you said you never took drugs. And I'm like, well, I didn't. I haven't. Well, how'd you look like that? And I'm like, well, how about 10 years plus of never missing a workout, never missing a meal, never missing eight hours of sleep, never missing an intense workout, never missing progress from one week to the next. I mean, that, that that's what it takes. And there's no skipping that with, without drugs. And even with drugs, you still got to work hard, but you're not, you can't skip putting in the time. There's no way around it. Yes. And it, it, it's, it's a tough thing for people to understand, especially in this day and age of right now. And uh, I love how my pastor calls it that microwave mentality that, you know, this has to happen now. And when they don't see the results, the first thing they say is, is to give up. But I can remember uh, like basketball and football, everybody thought I was a natural at it, but we've been playing it 
since we were kids, every chance we had a, had an opportunity. Baseball was a little bit harder because it was hard to get the ball out of the farm field sometimes because it would always get lost. So we didn't pick up on that so much. And it showed, you know, later on when we, when we got into those sports. So there's certain things that you can do, like you said, year after year, uh, day after day, month after month, and you will see the progress. But if you don't start it at, a, at an earlier age and, and be consistent with it, it just doesn't happen fast. So, you know, I, I truly understand, and I love how you just said that because, you know, we want now, right now, I want to look like this right now. And I'm sure with the your fitness side, I'm sure you've had people walk into the gym and say the one thing that's always funny to me, how do I lose this? And they point at either their, their gut or their butt, and that's all they want yep. to lose. Everything can stick around, but, you know, those things have to go. <laughs> and we've, I mean, I think I've promoted now like 20 shows, 22 contests between the the Midwest States and Spring Naturals. I've had one competitor that first contest showed up, won everything, and, and won everything where, you know, there were, it was a bikini competitor, and we had bikini one, two, and three. So she won her, say, bikini two first place, then won the bikini overall with it a pro card, and then went on and, and cleaned up the rest of the year and won some top pro shows. That pretty much never happened. It just mm-hmm. doesn't. You know, you're it, you're going to be a ten year overnight success. Yes. If if you're going to do it, or you're not going to be very successful, or you're going to say forget this, and you'll be competing in another organization, and and quite possibly on drugs. Yes. And uh, I, you know, sadly, I I know plenty where the the lure and the attention that they were craving and coveting was too much. And they, they crossed over and then, you know, they realized that, Hey, now I got the drugs in my system and so does everyone else. And so I'm back to where I was with even less attention. And, you know, they basically quit and, you know, everything yep. that they were to do, they realized, okay, I was a big fish in a small pond now I'm a small fish in a in a in an ocean, and you know it hits really hard and it's so defeating because they can't go back. Thankfully, they don't try to cheat and and step on a natural state. They they mentally made that choice to to use, and they don't they know that they can't come back to the to the natural side because then they got to wait seven years to do it because they're they're pretty much getting into some hardcore stuff. Uh, sadly, you know, I had uh, talked about this on a couple of radio shows back where we lost uh, another uh, friend to his choice of drug abuse and, and, and use because he wanted to look a lot bigger and be ready for the beach. And he didn't realize about the enlarged heart part of, the, of taking the drugs. And, you know, he left a daughter. And I said, you know, we don't think about those things because we always have that understanding. For one, I need it right now. And for two, it's not going to happen to me. And it's just getting to the point for me where it's so sickening. I almost don't want to know the people that use it. They're, they're, 
you know, the, a lot of people like to see them as demons or evil, but they're human beings, and they they are funny. They're they're comical. They're witty, and they've got all kinds of great aspects in life, but they just happen to use drugs, and you. you it just hurts too much for me now to, to even want to bother befriending them because it just, you, you already know the end of the game, the end of the road. Some people make it a year. Some people make it 40 years, but I'm just sick of playing Russian roulette with the friendship because I just don't know. Now with the promotion of natural bodybuilding, that's one of the things that I don't have to see as much as back in the day where you see someone wanting to get fit, make the choice of drugs, and then not make it, you know, enough years to basically you start family sometimes. I know there's plenty of them that are, uh, and, and they're not no longer fertile, so they can't even have children. But all that being aside, just getting to know the people, because, Ray, I'm sure you can go back decades of knowing people that started in the industry and they're still here and you're still close friends with. And I know plenty myself. So that's a beautiful thing for me that I'll get to talk to somebody 40 years from now and we can talk about back in the day. How does that work out with you and and, in shows like that where you have people that come back and you can see their constant progression? I think, I mean, I, I think there's, there's people that I've seen for decades that are still competing I think, you know, there's more of that in the uh, non-drug side of the sport than there is the other. Um, I think that I call them skyrockets. I think the the quick fix people kind of, you know, we're a stepping stone onto other organizations. And within two years that you don't even see them around anymore. It, you know, their mm-hmm. Facebook page is gone. Their Instagram's gone. Um, because, like you said, they were looking – the microwave mentality, they were looking for that pro card, that championship, that pro status immediately, and it, it, it didn't happen. So they, they, they've moved on to something else that is more instant gratif- you know, gratification um, or yes. satisfaction. But, you know, I, I, there's people and, and there's people on both sides of the sport that I, you know, I've known now for decades, but I, I would say the ones that are able to continue to compete are, are probably in the drug-free organizations. I, I can tell you there's guys that I know that, you know, were on drugs in the, the late 80s or early 90s that have, you know, been without uh, performance-enhancing drugs for the better part of two-plus decades that, have dr- done drug-free contests and they've kind of looked at it as a longevity thing. And they, they mm-hmm. looked at it as, well, I did this when I was 19 and uh, hadn't touched anything since I was 21. And now I'm in my forties or early fifties and I want to compete and I want to be healthy. And, you know, I want to stick around and see my kids grow up and have grandkids and whatnot. So you, there's no question you see that. The other thing that I see with some of my the guys that I'm friends with and have been for a long time um, that are older than I am, I'm in my early 40s, and these guys are in their 50s. And I'm starting to realize this now, and, and they had seen it and realized it before me, is that they're not so concerned with how they look with their shirt off. Um, they're not as concerned with how much weight's on the bar when they squat. 
but they don't want a knee replacement. They don't want a hip replacement. They don't want to have rotator cuff surgery. So I see some of those guys getting older and having more of a, a wellness approach to training. And then they may compete every couple of years and some of them don't compete at all. Um, but no, I, you know, there's definitely people I've known for decades in the sport and, and I still know, and they're still actively competing and doing their thing. And, and, and it's a beautiful thing because they, they can, they can teach. I mean, um, there's the, like you said, we, we both know people on the enhanced side. And one of the guys I respect a lot is a fella, and he makes sure that he gives the people the option. You know, don't come at me with BS. If you want to use, let me know you want to use. And if not, then uh, I'll get you to somebody that uh, knows the non-enhanced side of, of, of bodybuilding. And I was, I, I respect him a lot for, for giving, you know, give people that option instead of basically just selling the drug and that's how they're making their, their you know, hustle. So it, it's great to know that we still have people that care enough for the other individual, the one that they're training, to basically address that, especially when they're stepping on a natural stage. They're making sure that you have natural athletes. They respect the industry and they're making sure that it's taken care of just like they're doing with their enhanced side. Now, when Larry has a question about the the DeKalb uh, Spring Naturals in the Midwest states, um, the the location, what they want to know, and, uh, you know, what the shows offer. Well, the the location is the historic Egyptian theater in DeKalb, Illinois. It's actually one of the few remaining Egyptian-style theaters been completely renovated uh, in the country. It is 135 North 2nd Street in downtown DeKalb. It's roughly an hour, hour 10 from downtown Chicago. You know, it's 61 miles from O'Hare Airport, about the same from Midway. A couple hour drive from Madison. We get a lot of competitors from the greater Madison area. Um, Our contest, we talked about this many years ago. I was too chicken to try and do it. I didn't know if we could pull it off. Uh, we now run a short format where we start with what traditionally was prejudging. There's no big midday intermission. So prejudging, we do take him in intermission. We come back, routines to music, so stage walks, tea walk, posing routine. It's optional. It is not scored. I don't think any of the organizations score the posing routine anymore. Um, but we do the routines after intermission in, in order by competitor number. And then we'll take a five or 10 minute break and we'll hand out trophies to top five and we're done. On Saturday, April 13th, the spring naturals will start at noon. We'll probably be done around 430 with the entire thing. Wow. And and there you have it. Uh, the Midwest States? Midwest States, same format. That will be the Saturday before Thanksgiving. Same venue, the historic National Landmark Egyptian Theater, 135 North 2nd Street, DeKalb, Illinois, 60115. Uh, it's, a, it's a really cool venue. Um, the theater is actually, and this is something, too, going forward, the theater is going to be going through a multimillion-dollar renovation and expansion. Uh, which is going to benefit selfishly us 
for our event promotion because there's going to be some expanded dressing areas and some other things that aren't currently available. And that's going to be, I think, sometime calendar year 2020, those renovations will be done. And that the Midwest States will be Saturday before Thanksgiving. Both contests are OCB Pro Qualifiers. And uh, there's one thing that uh, you you put out there when people show up, but I'd like to put it in case somebody's listening and wants to compete uh, for these, is that you know it's a it's a it's a landmark theater. I mean it's 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 a historical landmark, and you make a point that this will be a well-run show, and we will take care of the venue uh, just like it was your house. So, you know, if you're going to be out there, try not to be messy. Try not to uh, do anything that could slow the progress and progression of this kind of show because there's so much that's coming for the natural athlete in the future, but it's also so much that's happening right now simply because you've been able to hold your own in this region. So, you know, what, what do you expect of the competitors and uh, what kind of feedback and information do you need from the competitors so, so you can always so come right. with a better aspect? So that's, you know, that that's a great point for discussion. So about 20 years ago, I, I arrived um, a few minutes early for competitor check-in. It's March. The weather sucks. It's freezing rain and sleet, and we'd, we'd had a few inches of snow days prior, so the parking lot, everything's all slushy and wet. Now, most of you back then, you were probably using uh, ProTan, and if you get it wet, it runs everywhere. So the last thing you want to be doing is sloshing through a slushy, wet, sleet mess from the parking lot to the venue, which we get out of our cars, walk up to the venue. The theater isn't even unlocked. The promoters aren't even there yet. We're supposed to be checking in in 15 minutes. Uh, whatever, back to the cars, everybody goes, we're all sitting out there. Someone finally shows up, you know, we get into the theater, everything starts late. They have a competitor's meeting that was probably 15 minutes after prejudging was supposed to start. And I'll never forget this. The guy, the head judge gets up and he says, now listen, be mindful of the theater. Don't get your oil and your tanning products on anything, or we're not going to be allowed to come back. And I, you know, I'm I'm a you know know-it-all arrogant kid back then, and and uh, I'm sitting. I'm like, oh, come on, man, no one's going to kick us out. Well, you know what? That was the last contest at that venue. And wow. So the venue's really, and that wasn't a national landmark theater. Okay, so the you know they're theater director, the executive director of the theater, every theater has an executive director. They're responsible for maintaining that facility and they're not rolling in dough. And if somebody rents it and they come in and they destroy it, there's a good chance you're not coming back. So for us, lo and behold, now I'm I'm Ray the promoter and I'll be damned if I don't have people get oil um, tanning solution on seats, on walls, on toilet seats, on the stage curtains. Um, the theater, one year the theater got brand new flooring and somebody, I don't know if they spilled a bottle of ProTan or what, but there's a huge stain in the carpet. And that was kind of like the, the coming to Jesus last straw. And the theater said, listen, like this carpet, and, and it really was, the carpet was like two weeks old. And there's this oh. bronze tan stain in it. 
And he's looking at the stand and he's looking at me and I'm like, well, we were the only ones here this weekend. And that looks an awful lot like ProTan. And so I ended up, you know, in, in, in the past I'd ha- had to pay for commercial cleaning services to come in and, and fix things. But that happened. And, uh, the theater director was like, listen, like if, if this is going to keep happening, I don't know that the board is going to allow me to rent to you. And so I was like, Hey, listen, don't worry about it. I'll take care of the carpet, whatever we got to do to make it right. I'll make it right by you. But then I would like to sit down and let's start talking about how I can do a better job. How my staff can do a better job in helping the competitors help all of us so this doesn't happen and one of the things that came out of that is the theater no longer will allow people to bring outside tanning products on why because when dream tank came out we had people put dream tan on and if you use it you know it's like a a soft silly putty well people would wipe their hands on curtains and upholstery and in the um, pump up area in the dressing room or on the stage curtains Um, Mm -hmm. and then the pro tan had already been spilled so no more tanning stuff in the theater unless it's provided via the airbrush tanning people that are, are part of our staff at the venue. And that's simply what came out of the, hey, how do we sit down and talk about how we don't lose the opportunity to rent and use this venue for contests? And, you know, what what can we proactively do so we're not accidentally destroying things? So that was yes. one of the things. The other thing that happened was we had – um, women bringing hair and makeup people in and they were sneaking into bathrooms or on uh, two cases they were sitting out in the auditorium in the back doing makeup and they'd gotten makeup on seats so that's now now we've got um, we, we're trying to bring in stylists, makeup artists and giving them sole access to an area in the dressing rooms to do hair and makeup. Why are we doing that? Well, because the seats got reupholstered about four years ago. And if I keep allowing them to get stained, the executive director and the board are going to say, you can't come back. So it's important. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a, and, and, and by the way, I'm not kidding. I mean, literally I thought that head judge years ago was joking. Like they're not going to not rent you the theater. That was the last, event at that venue Um, and I'm sure it had a lot to do with what was going on um, backstage and in in the pump up area the place was a mess oil and and tanning stuff don't come out yes and and, you know they I, I think like I said, because they don't understand all that goes into a promotion of a show, that the athletes have an expectation of what's required of them as well. And I think that has been overlooked because it's always, you know, I did this, I did that, I did that, and I'm ready to, to compete. Instead of saying, you know, there, there's something that we need to provide to the promoter. And if we don't uh, if we're not reminded of those things, sometimes we tend to overlook it way too easily and, and put it out of our heads way too fast. So, you know, we've, we've got uh, people that are saying, you know, how can you rent it and still 
lose the ability to go back. You get it for that year or that, that event. Yeah, you, you at typically, that time. you'll typically sign a contract and X number of months before the weekend of the event, you'll typically put a deposit down and then every event that process starts over. And, you know, it, the venue they're not, you know, the theaters don't make, most of the theaters are not for profit. Many of them are a partnership between the community, the municipality, the city, the village, um, and the theater. So there's not, there's not a large capital fund that they can draw on to replace uh, curtains, linens, upholstery, carpet, uh, the upholstery on the seats in the auditorium. Um, the you know the paint in the in the bathrooms on the walls, especially if they're theaters that have ornate finish or period correct finishes, like a lot of the yeah. or the few remaining Egyptian theaters do. So it's it's a big deal. And and yeah, the theater the, the executive director would rather not rent to you than end up having something damaged that the theater can't afford to fix. And most promoters they won't do the right thing and they won't go in and just say, you know what, I'll replace the carpet or just give me the, give me the bill and I'll pay for it. Or, Hey, proactively, let's all sit down together and let's talk about the things I need to do as the promoter and the, the individual renting the theater so that you're going to allow me to come back. And that was the route I went. I'm like, Hey, listen, I get it. How can we do, how can we do a better job? What do you need from me? Same thing with oil. We have one room that's dedicated for the application of oil that came out of that as well. You know, it's, there's plenty of material on the flooring and plastic. So it's not only is it not slippery, but there's a barrier. So the oil can't get to the carpet. And, you know, that came out of that too. And, and uh, you, you got the guys baffled right now because they said, well, we've got more names than I can count right now, but they're saying they had no idea that promoters have that much of a headache. Why do they still well, want the, promoters? Uh, I, I want to continue. I'll continue to promote a show as long as I have fun doing it selfishly. I enjoy doing it and we can cover our bills. If, if we're losing money and it's not fun, I won't do it anymore. But, you know, in Kalen, I've said this to you many times and you've commented on it and it's, it's the truth. You know, I'm only as good as my staff and my team. You know, I'm kind of the, yes. the ringleader, but, but really, it's the Malachi, it's the Judy, it's the Blake, it's the Craig. It, you know, it's all of the staff, even the, the Egyptian theater director and their staff, you know, it, it's all of us. And that goes the other direction to the competitors. I mean, I, I don't have an event to promote if I don't have competitors. And, you know, that same thing with the spectators. We better be paying attention to try to take care of the spectators, trying to give mom and dad, boyfriend, girlfriend, brother, sister, a little bit of an entertaining experience or they're not going to come back. You know, I've got to do my job and and deliver a good experience, which means I've got to put a good team together that cares about what they're doing. But then at the same time, I've got to work with my partner in the theater and say, hey, how can we be responsible with using the venue and how can I communicate that to the competitors? I mean, it, it's, you know, it's a giant wheel, and all of us are spokes on that wheel. Very well said. 
Very well said. And and and, and it, like you said, you 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 pointed that out to me many times. It's a process, and you've got to find you found a way to get that machine to work and work on your behalf. Uh, like I said, to the athletes that are thinking about co- uh, competing, definitely consider the promoter and all the headaches they have to deal with. I know it's a grind for the athlete, but it's a definite grind for the promoter to make sure all the things are in place, and we have our part to do. I, I can't stress that enough. Everybody says, well, what's in it for me? Well, you should be asking, what am I willing to do to make sure it's run successfully? Now, as I, a promoter. I, no, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, what, what I was going to say is that, you know, it, it takes a lot. It takes an awful lot, and it's, it's there's a lot of planning that goes into that. And you, you found a way to make it work and, and be successful at it but you also w- wouldn't mind having them do that little bit on their behalf to where it doesn't have to be a headache and it can run a lot smoother because there's, there's so many things that you have to deal with uh, getting up to the, the actual show date. And there's all kinds of backstories for each. I mean, just like every prep is different for the athlete, every year and every show is different for the promoter because you have your own headaches that are going to come about Really, you know, whether you have them planned or unplanned, it seems like there's going to be something that that, that wasn't covered that comes up, and it, it, it's something new and learned. And uh, I'm glad you you found a way to make that happen, but it's also something that we can do to take some of that edge off of, of wanting to promote a show and have it run better for you. And I, you know, the the biggest thing for the competitors that are tuning in is, you know, one, support support the events, go to the contest. Um, even if you're not getting on stage, go support your friends, yeah. go, go support your gym buddies. Um, but the other thing is, you know, sign up and enter the contest that put the interest of the competitors out there. You know, I remember competing where everybody got an extra large shirt. Well, think about that. Everybody got an extra large shirt. Well, I, right. I, you know, I I was a a lightweight at the time. Well, all right. Well, that's not going to fit. Or they run out of shirts. You know, like thirty people get shirts, and there's seventy people in the contest. Like, how did you not yeah. order enough t-shirts? Um, like, support the contests that start on time. Support the contests that are well-run and well-organized. Support the contest where the promoter reaches out. You know, like last year, and, and I can't control this from one event to the next. I do everything I can. I've been on the phone and sending emails and messages on Facebook and Instagram for months. But in November, our competitors got a three-quarter length, dry-fit, fitted, athletic, baseball tee with two colored screen front and back in their size 90% of the time. If you, if you wait till the last minute to enter, we got to order your t-shirts weeks in advance. We may not have your size, um, yeah. but we're getting better at projecting what we're going to need, but they got that shirt. They got a, a shirt from Driftless Glen from up by Wisconsin Dells, one of the largest craft distillers in the country. They sent us a T-shirt for everybody. They've done that for, like, our last five contests. Monster Energy tightened everybody up with one, two energy drinks. 
We had um, protein shakes that everybody got. We had C4 donated a bunch of ready-to-drink drinks. So uh, Hy-Vee grocery store donated cloth grocery, reusable grocery bags. We had samples from CORE. We had stuff from Beverly International. We had stuff from MTS. Like, literally, every competitor left with a bag that rivals what overall winners get at most shows. So, you know, I would say as a competitor, support the contests that take care of the competitors. If you don't, if you don't as a competitor, well, the the competition experience is never going to improve. The only way to get that improvement is to support the people that are doing the right thing. And, you know, we, we started doing some more stuff with lighting and, and kind of the stage experience, and I, I stole that from another drug-free competitor. I'd seen what he was doing. I'm like, man, you know, I, and, and at the time, the theater didn't have that technology, so we went out we rented it. Wow. That's Better awesome. experience. And it, you, want to, you, know, you want to see what that looks like you, if you go over to OCB Midwest States on Instagram. I put a video up earlier today that shows one of our last contests that had some lighting stuff going on. But, you know, again, it, I, I think it, it provides a better experience for the competitors. And I also think it makes it a little more entertaining for those friends and family members that came to watch you compete. And they really, Most they don't understand why you want to do that. It's not their thing. Uh, but they leave and they're like, all right, it wasn't that bad. They are learning, and you're learning, and you're growing. And uh, it, it's it's wonderful to watch, you know, somebody that, that's passionate about it that can actually still learn and grow with the industry itself. Now, now, Ray, we're coming to the end of the show, and I know there's some people that, like you said, that have been supportive of you from day one, and this is that shout-out time. So please take your time and, and give shout-outs to the people who have backed you and uh, share with them the thank you my, that they know well deserved. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my wife, Stacy has been a huge supporter. My kids have been great. Um, my family has been great. Uh, Craig has been there for almost every one of the contests. My buddy Rod has been there for every contest except two. Um, our judges have been phenomenal. Um, some of our judges have judged with us going all the way back to 2005. Uh, our staff, Malachi, Judy, Blake, um, everybody that volunteers to help set the theater up, the theater itself, all the theater, everybody that works at the theater the day of the event, they're all theater volunteers. So it's not like, hey, I showed up to work my weekend. It's They showed up to work and clean and work concessions and work the box office, and they're not getting paid for that. It's all volunteer work. And it is for wow. most theaters that you go to events. Many of the people working are, are not paid. They're, they're volunteers because, again, most of the theaters are uh, not for profit. Um, boy, I don't – man, Kaylin, that, that's – I didn't even think to put a list together. The list is lengthy, <laughs> yeah. really lengthy. Uh, Tom Callis. Caffeine and Kilos, Beverly International, Mark Wobeliner, and Katie at MTS. Um, the folks at Monster Energy have always been great. The folks out at, at Core Nutritionals, they've been great. 
the people at Nutribolt um, back with Sivation when it was Sivation and then the acquisition of the Sivation brand by Nutribolt. So now the, the C4 product line, um, Hot Logic and their uh, cookware and warming plates and travel stuff. You haven't seen that. They're pretty, pretty badass. It's like a, a portable meal device you can plug in in your office, your cubicle, your car. It'll keep your food warm. Um, wow. So the, the list could, it goes on and on, man. Um, Driftless Glen, the folks up in Baraboo, Wisconsin. If you go to Wisconsin Dells, and most of y'all listening in the Midwest at some point will go to Wisconsin Dells. Baraboo is 15 minutes down the road. Driftless Glen, you can do a distillery tour. They've got a full restaurant and bar. It's right on the Baraboo River. It's right across the river from the Circus Museum. You can take your family, your kids, your friends, your significant other, go check that out. But definitely if you go up to the Dells, check out Driftless Glen and, and support them all the way from up in, up in Wisconsin. Those folks make sure to take care of us for our events every year. I love it. Well, Ray, thanks so much. Uh, thanks for all the information and all the new things that are happening. And it's good to talk with you, and it's good to hear your voice and know that you still got that passion going, brother. Any last remarks? No, thanks for thanks for allowing me to be a part of the program. Uh, for those listening, if you want to see Kalen on stage, Kalen entered the contest what two days ago, so Kalen will be back on stage uh, Saturday, April thirteenth. OCB Spring Naturals, hundred percent drug tested, drug free pro qualifier. Uh, well, contest will start at noon. Competitors, if you're listening, you'll get an email. You need to be there much earlier than that. But come on out, check us out. Uh, if you're not contest ready, like a chance to earn an OCB Pro Card, check us out Saturday before Thanksgiving. That was very deliberate way back in 05. Hey, let's give them a weekend. They can get the contest out of the way and pig out on Thanksgiving with no guilt. Um Saturday and before trust Thanksgiving. Me, we... <laughs> Come on out trust and check me. that one out. Big show. Big show, great show, and well run. And like you said, uh, Ray, you start on time, and that's always a, a blessing for anybody that's had to compete. If you haven't had to compete, you won't understand the significance of what he's saying, but it does make a difference when you're planning your meals out around the venue. So that's oh, a and you, big and you'll deal. Under- You'll understand when mom and dad are still sitting in the theater at your first contest and it's midnight. You haven't even gotten on stage yet to get a trophy. Oh, you'll right. understand. The other thing yeah. is, you know, if, if you come out to my events, um, it, it's not me. You know, thank my staff and thank the theater volunteers because without them, I, I like I, I've got nothing. So seriously, you know, I say that all the time and. And uh, seriously, it means a lot to my staff when, when they hear it. You know, I tell them they do a good job, but it means a lot when they hear it from the competitors and the spectators. Well, there you go. Well, Ray, thanks again, brother. Uh, see you in a couple of weeks, if not sooner. And always, man, it's a pleasure, and I look forward to your next big event. You're doing great things. Bro. Thanks, Kaylee. Appreciate it, man. All Take right. care. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. Well, there you have it, Ray Minkowski. Another good year coming up. Uh, the man is passionate about what he does, and he takes care of his people, and they take care of him because of his passion. 
It's always nice to talk to good people, and I hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Kaylin Patterson and Des Absence, we missed you. Ray, great job. And everybody that supports him, wonderful to know that you're still there for him all these years later. Kaylin Patterson, P for P Real Talk, Midwest Muscle in the house. We are out. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Parts.